0: could throw in that hockey thing i don't know if you've seen that where (laughs) the one dude slept with the other dude's mom which i just that seems weird so check this out so
1: actually we're gonna jump right in what's up what's up y'all this eddie and mike the podcast it's me mike eddie p standing on business I mean it took you like 50 seconds to answer, but it definitely I don't believe yeah, it. Anyway, but no, so y'all yeah, heard us talking in the beginning, and I actually do want to start off with that hockey story. <laughs> so check it out. Um I think it's the Blackhawks. Coincidentally, yeah, it is my second, my second favorite NHL team behind the capitals. I don't know the players' names, but if you've been, if if you are a kind of a sports head, you may have heard the story already. But as Eddie mentioned, the team was on a mother's trip, like a mother's retreat. A teammate allegedly, we have to say allegedly with this stuff, but a teammate allegedly slept with one of the star players' mothers, bro. And it must have caused a big brouhaha because the Blackhawks actually waived this player. And if I'm not mistaken, Eddie, I know you'll feel that soon, but if I'm not mistaken, this player wasn't like some bum. He was actually a decent hockey player for the Blackhawks. But I just, like, I can't believe it's as big of a story as it is. Like, these are two adults. And if the man wanted to smash a milf, Let him smash a milf in peace. Um, Having said that, I do understand how it can cause a brouhaha if it did get out. It's kind of messed up. Like, that's like me. Um, Like, that's like teammates are closest you can get to a friend. I feel like without actually being a friend. Because you got to work together pretty much. Whether it's a coworker, a teammate on sports or whatever, I couldn't fathom even attempting to sleep with one of my coworkers' moms. Not only because I'm married, obviously, but it's just the respect of it all, bro. And I know I took, I know I'm taking a lot of time, but I, I know you're gonna bring us home with this story. So I just wanted to get my two cents out and say it's it's disgusting. It's messed up that he did that to his teammate, but outside of that it's two adults, and unless he like abused her, which is if sounds like he didn't like it's really none of our business, and I really felt like the Blackhawks um should have at least i mean no more than suspended them and then let it blow over like every other controversy in the world, but that's how I feel about it, bro, how you feeling?
0: Well, here's the thing I'm seeing now. Where the um, so the, the for those who don't know, the team is the Blackhawks. The uh, ele- I don't even know what word we would use here. The former Blackhawk, due to everything Mike talked about, would be Corey Perry. Um, the victim, I guess, in this case is the guy Connor Bedard. That, that's that, the, like, phenom, right? That's the uh, – I believe so. Okay. It so, all makes sense now. Uh, well, but here's the thing. I'm I'm clicking on this story trying to make sure I get everybody, you know, all the, the names right and everything. It's saying here that the Blackhawks GM Kyle Davison addressed wild rumors surrounding Corey Perry shortly after he was kicked off the team, saying the winger's contract termination had nothing to do with superstar Connor Bedard's mother – Perry was placed on unconditional waivers following an internal investigation on Tuesday in which the team determined he engaged in conduct that is unacceptable and violated violated the terms of his contract and the Blackhawks' internal policies. The move came on the heels of speculation Perry was involved in a personal relationship with Bernard's mom, (laughs) Melanie, and while the talk didn't hold much weight, many ran with it on social media. All right, I, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't reading that right, but it seemed like the man, the GM said it had nothing to do with the mom and the investigation said he had a relationship with the mom. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to make light of somebody else's, uh, you know, Kevin Hart, laugh at my pain. Um, yeah, you know, that's just kind of weird. I don't know how many times that's happened. You know, we all know the whole Delonte West, LeBron James, uh, you know, that whole rumor and joke. That's and everything. funny. I
1: didn't even think about that.
0: Yeah, but, uh, you know, how often is – like, like that's stuff for the movies. That reminds me of Major League. That's what that reminds me of, something like that. Or, I guess, American Pie, you know, Stifler's mom. Um, Yeah, I I, I don't know how – I mean, especially if they're teammates, you know, at any given moment, if – you know, Bedard does something and Perry doesn't like it. What do you think? That's why I banged your mom. Like, you know what I mean? That's the first thing that's gonna be said, and that's gonna create a whole divide. You know, it it just, you can't have it. You just can't. It's it. It kind of reminds me of Casino, actually. If you, I don't know how much you remember that movie, but our, to our listeners, those of you who are into the movie, it's a good little nod. Uh, you know, Robert De Niro was a guy who picked winners, and the mafia protected him one of the mafia's rules is you never mess with someone else's wife and Joe Pesci's character, who was sort of the muscle, ironically, the smallest guy was the muscle. uh, He was hooking up with De Niro's wife in the movie, which violated a big rule in the mafia. You don't, and, and that's like a, like, there's really no coming back unless to sit down and they say, Hey, you know, we're going to make amends. So this, this is, I'm liking it to the same thing. You, You don't mess with somebody's wife and i guess to an extent their mom i guess um now
1: i i know like i agree with everything you said and it's just like i didn't even think about the bringing it back up in the locker room bit either
0: oh i mean um, that's easily i mean it's like you know you got to think that's the that's where the seed gets planted and especially like you mentioned this guy's the superstar. He's the young, you know, like they're going to be investing in this guy. You want mm-hmm. this guy to be, to be mine-effed, you know, like right away. No no pun intended there. Um, yeah. They, I they, mean, but let's not act like other teammates aren't going to bring it up, bro. Oh, well, of course. You you can. And opponents. Oh, my control. God. This is damage control. They're doing the best yeah, they can. Yeah, I get you. And, and look, think about it like this too, right? Um, if you're a pro athlete, you expect on the road, you know, even at, to a degree, especially if you're a commanders player, um, you, you expect to hear it sometimes maybe even at home. But like at home, home, you know, if that makes sense, like so during practice and at the practice facility, you know, you you, you kind of feel like that's the quote unquote in-house that's always talked about where everything is kept. That's really what they mean is the locker room, which is either the locker room on game day or the everyday locker room at uh, whatever the practice facility is. You know, in some cases, maybe it is the uh, the pro stadium, but I don't know how often that's, uh, you know, true or whatever. But so, yeah, I, I just, you, you can't have that. You can't have this guy like constantly having to hear about that crap. that like, again, this is a guy you're investing in. And so what if it becomes a a typical DC thing where like this guy gets good and then bounces like this to in so many ways, it's almost like your, your team is kind of like if restaurants competed for the best customers, like, I I know that's wild, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if somebody comes to McDonald's and they're like, hey, you guys forgot my small fry. Instead of checking their receipt, just give them the flipping fry. And that—that that, in this case, that's the same thing. If this guy's going to be that good for you, you want him to feel like you got his back. So that's why they got to do that. But I kind of feel like we wasted a little too much time on this. And that's my fault because I'm rambling.
1: No, kind of purposely done on my part. I did all that just to show y'all how much I'm disgusted with the Washington football team or the commanders or the skins or whatever you want to call them down I
0: got a lot to say, but
1: yeah, I tried to act like I wasn't phased by what happened last week on Thanksgiving when it comes to um the commander's performance, but it it was bad, bro. Like it was really bad. And I don't know if you want to say anything about the game, but I just felt like I had to bring it up because we haven't talked about it on the show. Hell, I don't think we talk about it in person or over the phone either. Um, even though it was expected, like it just it sucked. And thankfully, like I don't know what it is, but I really do feel like God be protecting me from seeing the end of these games or something, bro. Because <laughs> I did not like you know you remember I told you about the um, the Giants, the end of that Giants game last season. I missed the um, I missed the two penalties at the end of the game that cost us the game. And on Thanksgiving, I didn't see Dak eat the turkey leg. I still haven't seen him eat the turkey leg. And I missed the I missed the Bland pick six live. I eventually saw it, but um, yeah, I missed both of those live. So I, I'm sorry for y'all that had to go through it live. It really was disrespectful. We're gonna get them back. We're gonna get them back next year. But as far as this year, bro, like I'm I'm completely 100 percent over it. And um, unless you have some thoughts about the game, we can get into this Neil Greenberg. Washington Post
0: piece that you've been talking about. Well, it just, I have some things to say about it as well, but I'm sorry. It's an age old conversation, but uh, as far as the game, it you know it it's kind of typical of what's happening. Uh, oftentimes, as a child, when my brother and I played soccer, uh, if the other team scored first, it seemed like. Uh, in our younger days, as we got older, you you kind of learned that like the game's more than just one goal. Uh, anyway, I, I'm saying all that we got our heads down whenever the other team scored first and kind of made it like the game is already over. And so I would kind of uh, compare that to where the commanders are at. It's just we're kind of spiraling, you know, losing young and sweat, not that they were killing it, but you also see now. The difference without them, like we're definitely getting a lot less pressure, uh, minus the Giants game, and we got a lot of pressure and still didn't win. Um, you know, who else could do it but us? Anywho, uh, I I brought up that whole soccer analogy because like I said, we're we're spiraling in my opinion. It was Dallas at home. Dallas has a good team, they just haven't beat a team with a winning record. And uh at the moment they are, I believe, up on Seattle ten to ten to seven. Uh DK Metcalf and CD lamb with touchdowns Metcalf with a 70, uh, 74, 74 yard touchdown. It's pretty awesome. Anywho, it just, it, it was a bummer, uh, watching that Thanksgiving game, it, the Cowboys just beat up on Washington. They, you know, there, there was a bright moment here, or there, but not really. Uh, o line's not good. And Dallas brought a lot of pressure, uh, you know, Hal's still young and still learning his second offense? So that, that that should always be kept in mind, in my opinion, pairing with again our O line not being great at all. Um defensively, we weren't really covering anybody. It, it just sucked. And you know, of course the pick six and then the uh turban or turpin, however you say his name, jumping in the uh the salvation army thing to get the turkey yeah it just it was a bummer but you know we all know Dallas will be on the couch with us soon anyway so um the Neil Greenberg piece.
1: we'll talk about that at the end of the season
0: yeah yeah and um just as a uh, continuation of the state of uh Washington a very groundhogs like state where uh, once again we are talking about... General manager and coaching search Before the season's over Um, We'll be talking about draft picks and such As well I'm sure Before you know it Uh, So Neil Greenberg uh, Writes this piece for the Washington Post Where he's kind of going in depth With stats Uh, I believe he went back the last 10 Maybe 15 years And essentially with the rules And everything that's going on now He believes that first and foremost You have to acknowledge that it's an offensive league. Like the, the old adage, "Defense wins championships," uh, just doesn't really apply. It, it, it's you know, I, I guess more or less like a race, you know, a, an arms race: who can score more points or who can get to a certain amount of points first, maybe even. Um, so, that that's the first thing, the a proclamation of sorts, and then saying that that, that should kind of be the reason that Washington gets an offensive coordinator. Now, we'll get into that in a little bit. I'm more am, am intrigued by this because um, not just the connection to Washington that I'm about to use here, but if you really look across the board uh, as far as Super Bowl champions and coaches that are successful, they're all offensive coordinators or former offensive coordinators. Um, we can, again, do the Washington connection, as I just mentioned, with McVay. LaFleur, McDaniel, Shanahan. Uh, I believe Kevin O'Connell was on our staff, was he not? Was Kevin O'Connell not on our staff as well at one point? Bruh,
1: how you going to forget about KOC, bruh? Okay. He was our offensive coordinator during Haskins
0: years. Gotcha. Well, there there you go. So those guys alone, um, uh, you and I were texting the other day, as we were trying to schedule a recording session Uh, and uh, Dan Campbell, you you could fit him in the, on the offensive side, but I would just more liken him to a, a, a football guy. Um, You know, as far as defensive uh, coaches that it seems to work for, you could maybe make the argument for Pete Carroll Uh, definitely make the argument for, um, well, I can't remember his name, Mike Vrabel for Tennessee. Mike Tomlin, uh, another outlier. Um, I don't know where Harbaugh fits in because I'm pretty sure he was mostly a special teams coach, if I remember correctly. So I don't know. I guess that typically leans defense since like fantasy. It's on the defensive. Uh, Anywho, the the whole argument is that with the way the league is and the rules, uh, you want an offensive coach and – I know Ben Johnson for the Detroit Lions is definitely a big time favorite for my phone. jobs. Ben Johnson, what does it say? No, I had just
1: Googled him. I oh, was right. reading about him just before he said his name. Because I really like the more I think because I was looking at your chart, right? I mean, the chart in your article, my bad. You you had something else to say about it.
0: Well, all I was going to say is um, he's an offensive coordinator, which kind of reflects, you know, as far as like he, I guess, unofficially is the the, the he's the top prospect, you know, mm-hmm. as far as coaching. Like if, if I guess if teams had their choice uh, that are in need of a, a new coach, they all want him. Um, but you look around the league uh, as far as success. McDaniel has the number one offense. Uh, Kyle Shanahan for a while has has had sort of that offensive guru moniker McVay uh, apple and far f- fall far from the tree especially considering they were on the same staff for a time and McVay is a recent Super Bowl champion LaFleur has uh, minus maybe last year and this year had a pretty good amount of success in Green Bay granted Aaron Rodgers um, doesn't doesn't hurt to have him so uh, those again would be my arguments, uh, you know, to kind of kind of lean with him. But honestly, having said all that, if, if I had my choice, kind of think I want Brian Flores, man.
1: Absolutely not. I'm done so, with defensive play. I'm done with defensive coaches. Okay. Okay. Absolutely well, not. I just want. Let's to- be honest, bro. Uh, uh, Brad, Tua was not looking that good when he was the head coach.
0: Okay, um, fair enough.
1: I hear what you're saying, but absolutely not.
0: I mean, Daniel's playing with a lot of a lot of Flores guys. I'm pretty sure, but uh yeah. But so uh, check this out. What do you think about that whole about that whole thing, though? You, you know, maybe, transition into who you think we should get as our new coach, or whether it should be enemy, et cetera. But what what do you think about that whole offensive versus defensive argument, as far as in today's NFL? Because so, I gave outliers. Mm-hmm. I don't know where David Campbell stands in there. I maybe him and Jim Harbaugh in their own category, and then you got Vrabel and Tomlinson as uh as the outliers to the to the equation. Tomlin. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. One one of my relatives, that's their art. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Tomlin.
1: Um, I agree. Especially after these last four seasons with Rivera. Um I think I'm willing to go more offensive-minded with my coaching search. Um, Like you explained, everything – I mean, I have nothing else to – I mean, nothing else to add as far as your explanation. It's an offensive league now. And I feel like if you have a quarterback having a head coach that's offensive-minded, you can work hand-in-hand with that coach for a long time. And if you're really good, you can do it your whole career. And if the offensive coordinator gets a new job, as long as the head coach is still there, you're going to have some sort of continuity. Um, With a defensive coach, like I said, we've just been experiencing it the last four seasons with Rivera. The offense has been kind of a mess. The defense has been equally messy, to be honest with you. But I feel like that's more of a, Old school take or old school thing, because if you look at what's happening in Houston with um, D'Amico Ryan's, and
0: it's um, another one. Excuse me.
1: And the Texans, um, they're playing really well, but there's an asterisk next to that, though, bro. Bobby Slowick, he used to coach in Washington as well. He's a hot um, candidate offensively as well. Mm-hmm. So this offseason is going to be interesting for me. Not only are we looking for a head coach, but I'm paying very close attention to what the Texans do to replace Bobby Slowick if he's hired as a head coach. It seems seem like he will be, maybe here in D.C. Um, maybe here in D.C. he'll be our next head coach, um, especially with his ties to the team but i'm I'm paying close attention because I really, really feel like defensive coaches understand that it's an offensive league, and they are going to have to start developing longer term plans when it comes to picking offensive coaches. You can either try to create like a system, so to speak and just keep repeatedly hiring um promoting people in your offense if they happen to keep getting new offensive coordinator jobs. Um, sort of like what happened in San Francisco. But the only problem is Kyle Shanahan's the offensive coach. So every time they lose an offensive coordinator, he can replace he can help replace them because he's the head coach. So I want to know what will Damico Ryan's plans be as the head coach when they lose Bobby Slowick. Um, but as far as Washington goes, I feel like when we hired Rivera, it was the right move. And hindsight is 2020. So I'm going to stick with that in 2020 or the end of the 2019 season. What other coach was Washington going to hire? Nobody wanted to come here. And the only way you was going to get any coaches if you gave them full power. Now, shame on Rivera for not using the power correctly. But, um, yeah, I feel like he did as best as he can do, all things considered. A lot of stuff was his fault, but he was kind of dealt a bad hand. I don't really think him being a defensive coach was a problem for this regime. I feel like it was more of an old school Uh, type of thinking that made them that made it problematic so that's why another reason I'm paying close attention to the Texans with D'Amico Ryans being the younger head coach um, I think he will have a better grasp on modern offenses than older coaches like Rivera and um, Bill Belichick another defensive coach I think the younger defensive coaches will understand more modern offenses so they'll be able to handle transition to offensive coordinators like that. So it kind of just depends on what the ownership group thinks when they're hiring a coach. Because I looked at Dan Campbell's resume, and I'm going to be honest with you. It wasn't that strong, bro. He started out as an intern in Miami and then became a some coach. Ended up becoming their interim head coach in 2015. I forgot about that. And then he went to New Orleans for four seasons. He was assistant coach slash tight ends coach. And then mm-hmm. he becomes a lion's head coach. And that's it. That's his resume, bro.
0: Sometimes so, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So it's, it's a possibility yeah. that somebody got promoted in the front office or, you know, it, whatever reputation he built up, the same way they always say, hey, play hard no matter what because you put the film out there, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it, it, it's it gotta be something like that, but I would also argue that it was sort of a chance on both ends. Um, you know, the lions always have, uh, some good pieces here and there because they're always drafting high. And so they took a chance on him, but then equally, like that's kind of why he had that opportunity because it was the lions. And then you see what he did with that talent. I mean, obviously it's not just him. There has to be a lot of good football minds um, within that organization, as far as, you know, coaches. And then, you know, the, the front office being willing to work with him and, and equally him with them because it, it's worked, uh, you know, unless it's just being barely being held together by like one or two guys, uh, who knows, but it doesn't seem that way. Um, so where I want to go with this is you're talking about, you know, uh, wanting to see, you know, wherever slow it goes. So here's, here's where I'm at. Obviously there, there, there's a big push for people who say, Hey, you got to fire Rivera now. Um, And I think a lot of would be coaches that might make the job more attractive that you have an owner who's like, Hey, look, not going to kind of do the Snyder thing and just be like super impatient, you know, granted, we know Rivera's done, but they're going to let him finish out the season. And I think there's like just a certain level of class and respect um, as far as things like that go. And then also with the Harris's uh, the Harris and the, the rest of the ownership kind of wanting to do their due diligence and, you know, take their time, make sure they're evaluating everything. Um, so be enemy I guess in a way this is kind of suggesting he might not get to be head coach because you would think on the flip side, that would be kind of a, an early evaluation of him. Should you fire or just, you know, yeah, it'd be fire. Should you fire Ron Rivera and then give the a chance these next several games and see what he can do and then decide if you want him to be your head coach. So, I guess that kind of means he's out. And that kind of bums me out because then that now that means Sam Howe's gonna learn be learning a third offense in three years.
1: So I'm gonna address that part real quick. Like
0: because you can't do the Zorn thing, you can't say, Hey, come here and be the head coach, and we already got this coordinator here. No, heck no, this the enemy. I was it was more
1: towards how like I think he's proven so far that he can adjust to different offenses um this is third offense and the third this is his third offense in the last three seasons that he's had to learn so when they do hire a new coach it'll be the fourth offense that he's learning in four years i think with his weapon I mean with this skill sets that it kind of translates to any offense because of this arm and mobility it's basically the rules like I don't know I need to actually I should start looking into that I don't know the type of offense the Lions run I don't know if they run a west coast offense or air corps offense or um yeah I don't know like I honestly don't know if they run a spread or what um you know, we run the spread West Coast-type offense with the enemy, basically the same offense that the Chiefs run. Us. Uh, and that Andy Reid been running for a long time, where the pass and the short passes kind of um, add to the running game along with the running game. It's not like they never ran it or run it. They just use short passes to get um, uh, smaller chunks of yards instead of running the ball a lot. But... I like. I do really feel like the the stars are aligning for Ben Johnson to become our next head coach. Um, I think San Diego is literally the owner of San Diego. I think the Los Angeles Chargers job when they fired uh, Brandon Staley, who I'm really disappointed in. y'all know I was high on him when he first came to um, the Chargers, but now. Like he's proven that he's not, um, he's not what it is. Like, he might just be one of those coaches that's a defensive coordinator instead of a head coach. And that's another example of a defensive coach that, um, seemingly can't get the team to operate on the full level. We're
0: going to need but, a coordinator, so <laughs> we don't have one, but
1: um, yeah, I like, I like Ben Johnson, I like going offensive over defensive. But wrapping it up, um, wrapping up my thoughts on this topic, I really, really would pay attention to what's happening in Houston and how um Ryan's adjust to losing slowick which looks like it's gonna happen. But check this out, bruh. I was looking at Ben Johnson's Wikipedia page and I saw that he was 37 and in my head, I was like, oh, he up there, but He's not, he not old. like He's 37, so he can coach for a long time. Bruh, when I looked at the year of birth, and that thing said 1986, my jaw dropped, bruh. I was like, he's literally only, he's less than three years older than me. That is crazy, bruh. Like, I'm really about to turn 35. I'm 40, right. mate. I know, but you've been 40 since April. (laughs) I haven't turned 35
0: yet. Okay. All right. Well, enough ageism. Uh, let (laughs) Let me get off my high horse here. So of the jobs coming up, you know, because. I gave you the top two already. You could argue, that, but you could argue that Washington is a pretty attractive job with the new ownership. The draft, yeah. it's the cap room. So you got Carolina, you got Washington. Yeah. Um, who, who else? I'm forgetting. Los There's Angeles
1: there. Chargers.
0: Chargers, probably. Probably the Patriots. Right, right. Can we
1: agree that that's the worst job? <laughs> yeah, like, out of all the jobs that's about to open. That's yeah, yeah,
0: I, I really because you're not really walking into much. And then you're also like following it, a like legend. A yeah. It's like that story Jay-Z tells where like he's at some like uh concert, whatever, and DMX goes on and like just puts on a show. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> and like all right, now it's your turn. Like that's that's what that would be for the Patriots. It's like, okay. Hey, uh Belichick and Brady won six or seven, right? Seven. I, I said, Jesus.
1: Jay-Z was like, I never did so many acapellas. <laughs> well, just yeah, the idea uh, he, he's he's
0: prowling and people are all hyped and he's he's taking his shirt off and he's flipping out. Well, now he's crying and all these people are crying and, and then he's doing a prayer and then it's like, all, yeah, right, that was all right. That was on the shot. Uh, LeBron. Should. It was. That's what that was. But that that's that's what that job is. That's what following Belichick, uh, and in, to a degree Brady um, would be as far as taking that job because I don't know what their cap room or their draft situation is, um, and maybe it's more of a Belichick thing. But it didn't seem like they were quick to spend money to get good players. But maybe that'll change. You know, new new regime. Uh, nothing lasts forever, so hopefully Ben Johnson would be enticed to come here. Is what it sounds like you're saying, and then yeah, maybe w- would you would you be okay with? Uh, dang, why did I forget? Oh, Staley. If Staley gets fired as the coordinator, oh, as the defensive coordinator, bring him in as the defensive oh, coordinator. Yeah, I was about to say. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> why would I want? That's, I was about to say. That's, that's Snyder stuff, getting somebody else's trash. And hey, I don't uh, like that because we're all <laughs> – hey, you're not trash, but you're not a coach. Like, you're defensive coordinator. Hey, I was about to say.
1: But, nah, actually, so there's a GM that I um, – I mean, not a GM. There's a secondary coach that i like to become our new defensive coordinator. Actually, too, And – it's, it's crazy. One of us, one of them used to be our secondary coach before he left to the Titans. And that's none other than Chris Harris, um, former deep secondary coach here in Washington. And if you notice, the secondary has been kind of like trashy this season. I don't think it's no coincidence that the year he left, the secondary regressed even worse than they were when he was here last season. I feel like if, if he was able to teach Quan and Forbes for offseason, that they would have been much further longer here than they were with freaking Brett Veselmeyer. Bruh, I just found out that he was a high school coach before he came back to the NFL and that he was Jack Del Rio's buddy. And I'm like, they replaced a good, a great secondary coach, defensive backs coach. I'm sorry, that's what they're called. A.V. plays a great defensive backs coach with a buddy, and our defense is ranked 30th, and everybody want to know why.
0: But that – and and in no way is this to be disrespectful to Dan Campbell, but in a roundabout way, it's stuff like that that causes someone like Dan Campbell to get a job. I'm not saying he didn't earn it because I'm sure he did, especially, you know, when you, when you get a, a coaching gig and you were a special teams – like – you know, look, look what's the topic we were just talking about? What, what's the better head coach, offensive or defensive coordinator? Mm-hmm. That That's where the head coaching pool is from. You very rarely, unless it's Harbaugh, which I mentioned earlier. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, wasn't that guy from the Giants the one who called the cops on his own team? Or didn't, allegedly, or did? <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Wasn't he? Oh, a- um, he Joseph. was a specialty coach. Um, hey, yeah, that family thing. People from the Patriots, Joe something. Oh, uh, I forgot his man. No, it ain't Joe Bugle. That's a Washington line coach. I'm tripping. Mm-hmm. Um, a- anywho, definitely. so it, what you said as far as like, oh, you replaced with a buddy. That's like extreme commonplace, man. Extreme commonplace. Like, uh, I mean, I know, but still, like, you closer for your job, bro. Oh, I agree. And you know I oh are the Seahawks winning 14-10 now. It is 14 to 17. Touchdowns oh, by DK Metcalf, Charbonnet, exactly. Brandon Cooks, and C D Lamb. I have two of those mammas. Lambarius. I have
1: two of those mammoths on the team. Um Ciderian on one team and Chabernay on the other team,
0: talking Joe, Judge. Other team Joe Judge Joe Judge dumb name <laughs> I'm sorry that's
1: messed where up. is he at right now he ain't with nobody right now oh yes he is oh he's an assistant
0: head coach with the Patriots <laughs> of course he went back there but um, the other... most of those guys don't really succeed outside like they, they have well they do but they don't does that make sense you know, like McGee. No, I like, get it. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll have some success, and then it just kind of like plateaus like more quickly than not in most cases. Um dang. Oh, so hey, what you were saying, you were talking about fantasy teams. You have those guys in or parlays?
1: Um, uh, fantasy teams. But check this out. Checking it's two players, I mean two defensive back coaches that I want. As defensive coordinators, and I pray whoever is hired that head coach goes after both of them. I already mentioned Chris Harris, but bruh, and this coincidental—they do have the same last name. Huh. And you all might not notice, but you'll never guess who the defensive backs coach is for the Cowboys, and who I want to be our next defensive coordinator last um, next season.
0: Oh, yeah? Who's that?
1: One of my favorite defensive players growing up, former safety for the Green Bay Packers, none other than my guy, Lamar. Al freaking
0: Harris. Oh. Al How's Harris, the- bro. He, was- he was a cornerback. He was a cover corner. Oh,
1: I, I thought he, I, I, he moved to safety later, I think possible. You're right. He is a corner. He was a corner. But, bruh,
0: Al Harris... We want the ball we're going to score. Al Harris picked him off and scored the top.
1: Bruh, stealing him from the Cowboys would be amazing in itself. But I really do like that swag that he brings to that team. And if you compare him and Ben Johnson up with this roster, bruh, We cooking next season, I promise you. Y'all been hearing me say this for the last three seasons or maybe two and a half seasons, I don't know. But Washington's coaching staff was really old school. They were too old school. So you bring in two players. I mean, you bring in a a former player like Al Harris to run your defense and then pair him, I mean, uh, bring him in with a head coach like Ben Johnson who has a Lions offense rocking in Detroit. You get a GM to um, oversee everything, forget this coach-centric stuff. We're done with it. It's not happening in D.C. anymore. We are going to run a traditional GM head coach structure. It's not happening. But anyway, that's how I'm feeling about the coaching staff. I know we talked a long time about that Washington Post interview, but, I mean, that's where we are as fans right now. Like, we are not caring too much about the rest of the season. As a matter of fact, if you notice, we've been talking for over 40 minutes now, and we ain't say jack about the game on Sunday.
0: Well, I want to lead up to that because there's a few topics I want to cover, and then we'll get into actually the play, the, the game being played. So um, there's a couple of deals that I heard uh, being talked about on 106.7, which this is kind of like just a reflection of the new regime. So apparently... If you want to watch the Dolphins beat the brakes off of us, nachos will be half off, so you can enjoy some half-off nachos while we get beat. I uh, saw that. Apparently, there will also be, I think it's like a pin or like a bag, mm-hmm. uh, Commander's uh, thing being passed out. I believe that's going to be one of those first X amount uh, coming in. What would be really cool is if they said not giving it to people wearing Dolphins gear uh, I refuse to say the M word. I think people sound stupid when they don't say it. I mean, when they do say it, rather. Uh, anywho,
1: Miami
0: um, merch. Um, oh, I think people <laughs> so stupid saying that. Like the, the wow. It's uh, Mike. Come on, dude. It's uh, like you just want to sound important and cool and stuff. Like, just, uh, but merchandise is such a long word. Well. I, hey, it's okay. I'm so sorry that we need to save our breath and our words. We can't talk to each other anymore.
1: Awful thing, sir. Crazy, Awful world.
0: Crazy world we live in. Everybody wants to talk to robots all the time. Nobody wants to. Anywho, um, it'd be great if people wearing Miami merch didn't get those pins. That should be like a yeah, first and foremost. And then uh, there's also some sort of thing where like you, I I don't, it's gotta be like a specific uh, eatery location restaurant. I don't don't think it's a restaurant, but within the stadium, I think if you get like a large Pepsi, you get like a free shirt or something like that. So I see stuff like that, which pretty much never happened under the Snyder era. And then you kind of look at Harris, you know, when he, he, Gain full ownership, and uh, you know it, what was it draft day or whatever, and he he calls in uh, to some of these local bars and buys everybody a round of beers, um, you know, just just really good start, if you will, and you know we just talked about just there them not being Snyder and the whole let's be patient. Um, the fact that Harris spoke up and, and made a statement when Del Rio was fired. Um, I think a lot of that just speaks volumes to hopefully what we can expect just as far as an organization run, quote unquote, the right way. Um, so what do you think uh, as far as the ownership group? I mean, it's early, but what are your just thoughts at all in this whole situation?
1: I like what I see so far, man. Like, I knew that it was nothing they can do about the football team. They just, like, when he became owner, it was the day before training camp. It would have been asking man to try to do anything for the 2023 season. I don't think people understand the logistics that goes into running the NFL football team. Coaches that are secure in their position are already planning for next season. Don't get me wrong, of course, they're still focusing on this season. But you don't think Andy Reid has an eye on next year's draft class? You don't think Mike Tomlin is looking at potential um, offensive coordinators next season already? Like, the logistics are crazy, so there's no way they were going to be able to do anything for the 2023 season. On the but- field, off the field, I feel like they're killing it, bro. I've been to FedEx Field. I was there week one. Um, And I like the improvements that they're doing. There's only so much you can do at that stadium. That's almost 30 years old now. Um, Bruh, I don't even think the Capital Center lasts 30 years. Yesterday was his 50th anniversary, and it closed, like, 20 years ago. Like, probably well over 20 years ago. Because remember, the MCI Center, uh, well, yeah, the MCI Center opened up in, like, 1996 or 97, something like that. And the Capital Center didn't last much longer after that. No, not at all. So, yeah, I appreciate what they've been doing off the field. And um, I can't wait to see what these um, Bama's going to do in the coaching search. Because I meant to say something else. I didn't mean to cut you off again. Bruh. We better not go on another five-game winning streak to go to the playoffs. I'm tired <laughs> of this nonsense, bruh. No. No, <laughs> forget that. Nah. I'm we tired of
0: it. We over here trying to win.
1: <laughs> nah, fat, bro. It happened. It, all, it always happened that way. It happened that bro. way in 05. It's we went five it, in bro. a row. It
0: it's happened that way in
1: 07. We ran four in a row. 2012, we won seven games in a row. Bro.
0: It's 2015.
1: Happen. I think we won um, three games in a row. Even My- in 2020, at some point we had a we had like a five game winning streak in December. I'm, t- I'm tired of this start off ugly, slow, and then all of a sudden just becoming inferno at the end of the season, only to get blown out
0: in round one of the playoffs. Like I'm right. sick of it, bro. it happened because you just said it better not. And all this is it's like the Chicago game all over again. Opposite of whatever
1: you say is about to happen. Nah, because I said the Cowboys was going to crush us. And, and I said, remember, I said the Giants game. I felt uneasy about it.
0: True. What happened? Yep. Well, yep. It, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, another thing that I would just throw out there as far as the ownership, though, um, my one beef, and I guess in a way, it's like, can you blame him? But kind of tired of seeing the owner drunk all the time. Um, you know, he's always at the game a little wasted. But at the same time, he seems to kind of make himself more accessible. And I'm, I just get the feeling that he allows people to look him in the eye, you know, as far as like people that work for him within the stadium. And so there's that. And then another thing that I don't know how much this plays into coaching, but you know, another kind of cool thing is they have sort of a three way pick regionally of where the new stadium could be. I don't know, I don't know, you know, I don't know how much that matters, but
1: I think the infrastructures in the area are better suited, the Helmbu traffic now more than it did when they were creating or looking for a spot when they look for FedEx field, honestly, bro, the stadium should have never been in Landover. Like It should have been Potomac Yards. And the fact that um, Jack Kent Cooke in Virginia was beefing so hard that they couldn't come to an agreement to put that stadium down there is ridiculous. So hopefully, with Josh Harris, and uh, Magic Johnson, and Mitch Rills, and the Rascal Hawk, A.K.A. Harris Ownership Group, um, hopefully they can find the best possible spot for everything. Um, like I would love to not have to catch the—I mean, rather drive the car to a game. I would—I wouldn't mind catching the metro every now and then um, to the game. Without having to walk two miles to get to the stadium, and, um, so that would be nice. But also, if they do select the um, select RFK Stadium, I feel like that's the best of both worlds. The stadium, Army Train Station is right there, bro. Two ninety five is right there. East Capitol Street, right there. Pennsylvania Avenue, right there, bro. Like. That would be the perfect spot, but I understand the citizens in the area like, no, nah, I don't bring that mess down here. We ain't, we don't really got time for that. Um, I had the same reaction when they put that spark down Southwest. I mean, not down Southwest, down Navy Yard. Um, and it is it was the headache that I expected it to be, especially on game days. Oh my goodness, don't let it be a concert there. I think the first concert they had was um, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street brand. Um, It was nuts. I remember yelling at somebody that night um, coming home because they wouldn't let me turn down my street. (laughs) Like, I literally live here, bro. Like, I'm trying to just go home after school. (laughs) Or maybe it was work. Um, Shout out to John on Connecticut Ave. But,
0: but, um...
1: But, yeah, like, they, the good news is, is that since they're not Snyder, they should be able to have their pick of the litter. And I don't care where it is, D.C., Maryland, or Virginia. I'm not one of those people that don't understand what a metropolitan area is. And especially Cowboy fans. I remember a Cowboy fan was trying to argue with me, um, saying that their team don't even play in Washington, D.C., as if the Cowboys stadium has ever been in Dallas. I think their first stadium may have been in Dallas, but that's it. The second stadium was in Irving, Texas. The third stadium was in Arlington, Texas.
0: Like, come on.
1: Right now. The Giants and Jets jerseys, I mean jerseys. The Giants and Jets play in Jersey.
0: Jersey. (laughs) The Meadowlands.
1: Um, Arizona.
0: Is it the Rutherford something?
1: Arizona. They used to be called the Phoenix Cardinals, but they had to change their name because they weren't in Phoenix anymore. They were in Flagstaff, so they had to change their name to the Arizona Cardinals. Um. So yeah, like I'm just, I'm really happy, bro. Like, I I am upset about the season, but it really does feel good, how man? Not only a new owner, because the Panthers got a new owner. Panthers fans got a new owner. They went from, um, what's that Bama name? Um, Jerry Richardson.
0: It's Tepper
1: now. To um, Dave Tepper. Dave and Tepper. that was a back step, bruh. Richardson was a way better owner than Tepper. So it's nice to have an upgrade in the ownership so far, it seems like. But we don't even got to wait to judge him. Just look at the Devils and the Sixers, bruh. Those are winning franchises. Those are successful franchises. And I feel like it's much easier to build a team in the NFL than it is the NBA and the NHL. You can easily go from worst to first. Look at the team like the Bengals. Hell, look at the Texans. Look at the Jaguars. Seem like every team could do it but us. But you know why? Because it seemed like for the last... Honestly, people give um, Jack Kent Cooke Um, A break because of the three Super Bowls, but as a fan that started watching the team towards the end of his ownership group It's not like they were on fire Like they didn't make the playoffs until after he passed Technically he was still owner the owner of the team, but Realistically he wasn't here anymore. So (laughs) (laughs) um, So yeah, like I I'm just I'm thrilled that they're here. I expect big things. I expect them to get uh, one of the top candidates, whether it's Ben Johnson or Bobby Slowick or um, Hill, even Colin Moore's name I heard a lot. Um, yeah, I feel like they'll pick the right offensive coach, and we won't have to be depressed when we preview these
0: games well that that leads us into the game
1: commanders host the Miami Dolphins the Dolphins I still have tickets to the game I'm not looking to sell them but if somebody want to kick like a good $800 my way oh, wow we, we can talk we can talk for sure um um what is it, a terrace table free beer free um mixed cocktails free water um as a gold member i get um i get all i get half off on all concessions so i wonder as a gold member do i get free nachos bro <laughs> maybe i'm just saying <laughs> but oh, no nah, um good. shout out to my man rick Uh, My brother, he's going to the Dolphins game. And um, I think he's going to be pretty upset at the end of the game. I do not like our defense going against the Dolphins offense. I didn't mean to rhyme, but that happens all the time. Um, I don't like that is Rivera calling the plays. There is a part of me that's hopeful that he can reclaim some of his um, Chicago and San Diego days. And I actually mean San Diego. Um, but with the way the defensive line has been playing, like you said earlier, the talent that we have at um, in the secondary, oh, by the way, Forbes is out with an injury. Um, Forrest is not coming back probably this season now. And, um, yeah, bro, like, it's – the only way we're going to be able to win is if we outscore the high-scoring team in the league or the second or third high-scoring team in the league. And you just saw what happened in Dallas. What was it? How many points we scored? 10 or 13? Not much. Yeah, like, it's – and I'm not saying I'm not, uh, the Dolphins' um, defense are – as good as dallas because it's not they give up some points and yards for sure but with the way the team's been playing the last month i just there's no way i can predict the win or feel good about the win um it's gonna be pretty bad bro i i'm gonna watch it because that's my team and all and i'm gonna root for us to win like i don't go into the game and be like oh yeah we gonna. I hope we lose. I predict the games and then after I post my article, um, after I post the half article, I'm a fan until the next week or until the next show I do. But I'm just being real with y'all. Yeah, I saw the Dolphins put 70 on the Broncos this season. Now don't get me wrong, Tua has had a um a couple of damn bad games the last two weeks. But Tommy DeVito.
0: That's all I got to say. Tommy DeVito. Stop Tyreek Hill, and uh, it really turns into a different ball game. Uh, I mean, their offense is still really good. They got other good players, you know, but Mozart, although he's leading the league in touchdowns, is banged up. Uh, And don't get me wrong, stopping Tyreek Hill is not like, oh, There you go. You said it. So, like, now that's it. It's done. Talk about a secondary
1: that let DJ Moore score like four or five touchdowns,
0: bro. Oh, you make these points that I just cannot rebut. Oh, man. So, yeah. Secondary that couldn't stop DJ Moore. All you got to do is stop Tyreek Hill. That's it. That's it. (laughs) That's it. Um,. Circle that on the chalkboard. This
1: this is going to be my first Dolphins game, watching from start to finish. I believe since McDaniel's became head coach,
0: um, I I really like that man. Yeah, One he's of the, a treasure so far. Great, great press conferences. Um, some little kid dressed up as him for Halloween. It's hilarious. I was about to say, um, that he's like. What's the word
1: I wanted to say? I was about to say he's one of the few. Like, I don't know how to say it without sounding. I guess racist is the word.
0: I'm not <laughs> trying to be racist or whatever. Oh man, but, here we go. Let it fly.
1: No, nah, I was I was going to say he's like one of the few. Um. No, I wouldn't say that. Like, because I was gonna say he was one of the few white coaches to hang out that I'll hang out with, but two problems arise. A, he's actually mixed. Hey. A <laughs> B. Um, there's a few like white coaches I would love to hang out with. Um, it's just that with him being young and urban, it's like you know you're not like, me hanging out with Bill Belichick would be different than hanging out with Mike McDaniel. You know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. So, that's all I was trying to say. Um, but nevertheless, like, I do like what Miami's doing. I don't think they're going to do much damage in the postseason, honestly, if they even make it. We can beat them Sunday. And that'll, like, put a huge, huge damper on their season. I think they still got um, one left against Buffalo. I don't think it's in Buffalo, so that favors them. But, um, yeah, like, I feel like they're building. They're not quite there yet. I think a team like the Lions are further ahead than the Dolphins. Them I consider a, a, a strong contender. Whereas Miami is like a contender. But then again, the AFC was so wild. Bro. The Chiefs well, are man, not cheating this year.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And that, and that division, Well, I was saying just the division they're in alone. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously the Bills are competitive and you, you thought the Jets were going to be pretty tough with the decent defense in Aaron Rodgers. And it's kind of not really been that, especially with Rodgers being hurt. Um, so I I think their circumstances are better, but I would agree, uh, as far as the way the team is compiled and built, uh, you know, you've got weapons on offense, you've got a stable O-line, you've got a solid defense. So that's where I would kind of, you know, you you checking a lot of boxes, uh, the Detroit lions are. So I, yeah, I would I would agree with that assessment. Yeah. Um,
1: before we move to our next topic, I need your top four teams in the NFL right now.
0: Top four. Mm-hmm. Ravens, Niners, Eagles. Chiefs, because the Chiefs, as you said, haven't been chiefin', but they've also been getting it done in other ways. Uh, defense is playing, I think, a lot better than it did even during some of the championship uh, seasons. So, I think when you when you throw that in, and, and yeah, they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore, and um, you know Valdez Scantling, as talented as he is, has a lot of drops. They still have Travis Kelsey. They still got Pat Mahomes. Uh, Pacheco's starting to really kind of come together. I don't know how severe McKinnon's injury is, Um, so we'll see. But they've still got some talent where they can kind of do some things offensively, Uh, but Eagles are clearly in the driver's seat. Um, They are approaching a tough part of their schedules, uh, as is Dallas. So we'll see. Uh, I think the Niners have enough pedigree. And then you you add uh, Javon Hargrave and then a uh, Chase Young at the trade deadline. And I think that defense, along with the weapons they have, I think they're going to be pretty formidable. Uh, I I believe in a lot of circles, they were the favorite. But with what's going on with the Eagles, Eagles are probably like the at the moment favorite. But I think they play each other this weekend, so that's going to be a pretty big deal. So, yeah. Eagles, Niners, Ravens, Chiefs. Split down the middle. Got two and two. Two from the NFC, two from the AFC. Balance. Balance.
1: Yo, I like your four teams, but I feel like I said I was going to wait until the playoffs, but since we're here now, and we only got like two topics left. um, I think this their year, bro. It's easy for me to say that, and I'm not watching them play right now, but I feel like this might be the Cowboys year, man. I really feel like it is, I don't trust Philly at all. It feels like the 49ers always get injured come playoff time. And I just think they can't beat Dallas three straight years in the playoffs, bro. Like, I just feel like the odds aren't going to odd when it comes to that.
0: The Niners Uh will beat, I said the Niners will beat Dallas. Don't worry.
1: But, um, yeah, that and that's my four teams, Philly, San Fran, Dallas, and, of course, um, the Ravens, the, the current one seed in the AFC right now. Bruh, I would hate it, especially leading up to the game. That would mean they won three playoff games um, possibly. But a Ravens-Cowboys Super Bowl is what's best for business, man i'm telling you you want to see you want to see entertainment a cowboys raven super bowl would be so entertaining on so many levels bro like so many levels and you already know who i'm rooting for i know dc and baltimore has this supposed beef or whatever But truthfully speaking, I have zero problems with the city of Baltimore. Even was thinking about buying a house out there to keep it it a buck with y'all. So, fuck. I'm not saying I'm becoming a Ravens fan or nothing. Because, like I said, there is a little D.C. Baltimore beef. So, I don't like the way the Ravens fans talk about um, Washington, the Washington football team like that. And sometimes Baltimore Bammers they really dog D.C. for whatever reason. But like I said, they ain't got no beef with them. And it's people from D.C. that do the same thing. Um, I remember back in the 90s, they wouldn't even let D.C. teams play Baltimore teams in basketball because of the fights and whatnot. Um, but I honestly feel like if those two areas would like, come together, like how um, Dallas and Arlington I know they are closer, but like with two major cities like Baltimore and D.C., we should be working more together than not. But um, I know I went on a tangent or whatever, but uh, I would like to see that Super Bowl. I would hate the the route to it, but a Ravens-Cowboys Super Bowl would definitely be best for business. Um. We got two more topics for y'all, and then we're gonna bounce out. I know it's a long show, but dang, we ain't been on for a minute, man. And we're giving mm-hmm. y'all straight football. Dude, oh. Well, no, we didn't give y'all straight football. We did start out with that one hockey story, but from there on out, we're talking straight football, and these last two topics um are gonna be football and you know, especially the second topic. <laughs> but um bills versus philly fans i heard that it was a lot of commotion up in philly during. i mean up in buffalo i mean philly i'm sorry during the game and what did you hear in the interwebs and radios and
0: whatnot so there's video surfacing of uh i can't remember which player but it was a couple bills players where they essentially approached um, people who had you know the some of the the better seats you could have at a game like this, uh, and you know it was the typical trying uh, to grab uh, and th- there was there was some contact made. I don't know how much of uh, uh, legal action can be taken. I, I think it I'm sure it will be attempted to be taken. Uh, if that's a way to phrase it uh the the, the big thing was that Bill's players were uh, complaining and saying that they were they had their lives threatened essentially like these fans were making threats uh, most of the video you hear is just a lot of your typical Philly fans just trying to troll and laugh and and you know, uh, get under the skin, which it seems like they did. And, uh, you know, the real bummer is, I, I and I see it a lot, especially in the sports groups that we're a part of, where it's it's now sort of a way for Philly fans to be like, see, everybody's making this up about us. No, you're still terrible sports fans. You guys threw stuff at Clinton Portis's mom when she was in the stands. You threw D batteries at freaking Santa Claus way back in the day. You guys would go to a damn dog show just to, like, cheer against somebody and talk some trash Uh, like hey the cheesesteaks are great your football team is doing great this season and you've had success on and off a lot during the last couple of decades but jesus like you want to talk about some intolerable people like it's 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 just insane so i i kind of in a way hate this because now philly fans are trying to make themselves out to be like uh I don't want to say martyrs, but like, oh, you know, everybody's out to get us like, well, there's a reason why they're like, 100% is a reason why, you know, I'll give you another example. Cowboys are playing right now. Um, do you remember that kid, that Phillies fan? And he sent a video to Dak Prescott. Um, and I, I think Dak Prescott's mom had just died. And then he was like, Hey, Dak, look at this, uh, Phillies Jersey or this Phillies hoodie, my mom bought it for me. And he kept like emphasizing that, just, just trying like really going way beyond sports, if you ask me, like kind of trying to do like a not even a hot take, but just, you know, get a lot of shock value and trolling. So, yeah, that I mean, look, you can say there's bad apples in every bunch, but it just, it's such a common theme with that city. So, yeah,
1: Bruh, why well, I feel like even there are fans that aren't from Philly and never been to Philly or whatever. I mean, t- pause for a second. If you are an Eagles fan and you live on the East Coast, well, I would say the Mid-Atlantic, and you've never been to Philly, like, get your weight up, bruh. Like, seriously. Get like, you, get your you. weight up. Oh yeah, we still got to hit Philly up for some cheesesteaks, too. Let's plan that, and when they get warm outside, bro.
0: Yeah, yeah for we sure. Do that for sure. Well, um, y'all got some good cheesesteaks, and you know I, I don't know every single person in Philly, so I'm not trying to to be one of those. All I'm saying is, it's like it's not like this is the first time things like this have happened.
1: So. Yeah, exactly.
0: And I and I get it. But um like I was saying though, yeah. even the fans yeah. outside the Bills, I will be honest, I was a little surprised they lost their cool like that. So who, The Bills? Yeah. Well, I'm not like they're football
1: players. No no disrespect, <laughs> but yeah. there's a lot of aggression. <laughs> um but yeah, even the fans outside of Philly are starting to act. Out of pocket, I guess that's the right word. Like these last two seasons, they really got their chest pumped out, and I'm like, relax. Like I basically in a team with two and a um with what two and a half teams? Y'all gotta play every year or whatever, or maybe just two teams if you count the Giants and Cal. I mean, Giants and Redskins is one. <laughs> like. Like, you had a handicap for, like, 30 years with Washington. Yeah. The Giants won two Super Bowls. Y'all might have won the three, but they actually won two of them things. Um, and the Cowboys, I mean, they choker in the playoffs, but at least they get to the playoffs. So I can't wait. I really can't wait, bro, until we redesign this front office. Like, I really feel like it's almost time for us to become relevant again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, speaking of relevance, the last topic of the show.
0: Um I'll be honest, Mike. I threw this out there because you bring her up a lot, and don't get me wrong, talented young lady. I I actually had been meaning to like throw this out there for funsies for a minute. Mm-hmm. Because, um so let's just get right into it. You want to introduce the topic, you want me to? Yeah, you can go it. Okay, so the topic that uh, I came up with, uh, just, you know, everybody's all gaga about uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I have Travis Kelsey on my fantasy team. My wife and my kids are gigantic Taylor Swift fans. So Chiefs games tend to be a little fun at times uh, when we can watch them. Um, I will admit with all the holiday stuff going on, it's lost a little bit of a little bit of its lust. Uh, Any who, I kind of wanted to throw out there why Jonathan Owens, uh, DB, because I'm not sure if he's a safety or a cornerback, um, DB for the Green Bay Packers, mm-hmm. own Biles, who are married. Why, why is that not like being gassed up the way uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are? I mean, I'm not saying Taylor Swift's not talented, writing all her own songs and performing, mm-hmm. and she does play an instrument, I believe. Um, and obviously Travis Kelsey's an insane football player, but Jonathan Owens plays in the NFL, got himself a pick six on uh Thanksgiving, and we all know who Simone Biles is and what she's about. Girls got more gold medals than like countries, uh, some countries, so I don't know. I just feel like maybe they should be getting some love. I know Jonathan Owens isn't on Travis Kelsey's level, uh. As a football player, but you know, you could argue Simone Biles is a much bigger deal than Taylor Swift.
1: Absolutely not. You don't think so? Are you kidding me? Oh, wow. Look at my You better hope your wife didn't hear you just say
0: that. Well, I. Are have you have kidding a huge... me, bro? I have a huge bias. Uh, I mean,. I'm just waiting waiting for her and Travis Kelsey to break up so she can write a song about it because we all know that's what's coming. We all know that's... that's,
1: We don't need
0: Magic 8 Ball. We don't need the DeLorean. We don't need none of that to know. That's exactly (laughs) what's about to happen.
1: I actually think the longer they stay together, the the more quote-unquote hope I have for them because at first it felt like a publicity stunt. Like, straight up publicity stunt. But the more it goes, the more I'm like, mm, maybe they might be on to something. Um <laughs> did you see the group that I when I said did he did he smash it? Oh and they were God. like, they were like, come on, Mike, what you mean? You know he did. And I was like, I don't know. I <laughs> felt like it's a publicity <laughs> stunt. And they were like, come on, bro and i'm like i don't know but anyway
0: that's um, the question mike wants to know a
1: lot (laughs) a lot of people um would love to make the race play the race card on this and say oh it's because they black and kelsey and swift are white even like it may have a lot to do with it and more than i'm saying but Y'all know what Q ratings are, right? I bet their combined Q rating is not even comparable to Bows and Owens. Like, Swift herself probably quadruples all three of them put together. Kelsey, you could throw Kelsey's Q rating with those two, and it still wouldn't even come to Swift's um, atmosphere. And that's all it is, bro. The media, they want views. They want eyes. And quite frankly, if you talk about Swift and Kelsey, you're going to get some sort of response and numbers. And if you happen to actually have the game on your TV and you show Taylor Swift, your logo's going to be plastered all over the news for like the next week. So, just like everything in life, bro, is all about money. And that's all it is. They can make much, much more money off of Swift and Kelsey than they could off of Blouse and um, Owens. But I must say, the fact that we're even talking about both couples is a good thing for both couples. And honestly, I'm happy that Owens and Simone Blouse are, aren't are in the spotlight as much as Swift and Kelsey because I'm an introvert, bro. And the less popular I get, the better. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Like, like even though, like it's 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 really hard, bro. Like it does feel like honestly, both our ratings are growing. Now I'm sure it might be like in the the hundredths. <laughs> like we might not be at a solid
0: one we're not, yet. We're uh, we're not a threat to uh Kelsey and Swift, are we? At all at all but it like some of this stuff be making me
1: blush sometimes for real especially when i'm on the um, commanders of classified and people in the comments and they be like yeah i agree with mike and and if i'm not on the show like bamas would be like where mike at and i'm like oh shoot like that's that's nice but um yeah i'm i'm happy for everybody because everybody should find love um I have a show idea, bro. I'm going to tell you after our show. But I have a show idea. All
0: right, I sounds you
1: might. I think you might like it. But until then, it's dry late. We about to um, bounce up out of here. We didn't talk about them, but the Wizards won this week. They beat the Pistons. Um, you know, it's off season for the Nets. The Caps, they are... They had a pretty
0: good two weeks since we last spoke. I believe they, they actually, moved up. Right, they did. They, uh, they, they won one last night against the Kings. Nice. I, I
1: believe they're moving Kings. close, closer and closer to playoff contention again, which would be nice. I haven't looked at the standards, but I'm pretty sure at the season end of the day they won't be in because of the bad start that they had. Also, um, close, man. <laughs> My man, um, Backstrom. Shout out to Backstrom, man. He is not um, – it might be over for him, bro. Yeah. Like, it might be over for my guy. Never would have thought that he would retire before Ovi, but right now he's on extended leave. Um, And quite frankly, looking at the numbers, hearing what people have been saying, he hasn't had the greatest of seasons this season, and it just might be time to hang it up. It happens to all of us. At some point, you gotta retire because your body just can't perform at all. Um, so, shout out to Nick Backstrom, um, and yeah, shout out to the Terps. They doing their thing. Should um, announce their bowl game in the next week or so. And if you're in the college football, I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> I'd be trying to get into it, but until draft season starts, I couldn't care less about college football. Well, yeah. no, let me not say that. I do like I I I dabble in it, but nowhere near as I do when it comes to NFL. Like outside of Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, Jaden Daniels, um, uh, Michael Penix Jr. Um, and Bo Nix, <laughs> like them, the only college player names I know. He <laughs> like, a bunch of players. Like, I can't even tell you who Alabama's quarterback is right now.
0: <sighs>
1: well, and don't even get me started on a Kansas football team. Nah,
0: no, they, like, they, they actually, they got a guy on their team they with a name like – uh I think his last name is Daniels as well. Is their, like, star player, but I'm pretty sure he's hurt. So quarterback okay. is Bean, – or Bean, I think, is the guy's last name. I always want to say Beeman, but it's Bean. Um, that would have been tight. Well, yeah, yeah, free of course. I mean, you kidding me? Anywho, you should definitely know – um I don't know how to say it, uh, Fashan or whatever the the lineman for Penn State. He's linked to. Uh, oh yeah, I don't know his name, but I know about him. Him and Joe Alt, the lineman for Notre Dame. Both those guys are like the uh, the mocked guy to so, go to the first round. Or for so us listen, first
1: I know everybody wants to go offensive line in the first round. Don't say Marvin Harrison Jr., please don't do that. No, I'm just talking about overall team building. Like you don't have to go offensive lineman with your first pick. Um, I think your first two picks should probably be an offensive lineman, one of the first two. But you don't have to necessarily go for your picks. Let's use let's use um Washington's draft for example. Forrest was a nice pick at 16. I still believe that. I just feel like he had horrible coaching. And a horrible, he was in a scheme that wasn't taking advantage of his skill set. But I, I still like the pick. I think he'll be a better cornerback uh, next season. But the Quan Martin pick, I just feel like that should have been an offensive lineman. I, don't, I just don't think... And then, you know, it was crazy. They actually they actually admitted to John Kine that they underestimated how bad the offensive line was heading into the season. And that's why they didn't address it as much. And I'm like, y'all say that, but y'all signed two free agents. Like, obviously, y'all figured it was a problem. Y'all signed two free agents, I still and one of the, the and one of the
0: stand. Huh? We, I still, I still, for the life of me, don't understand why we didn't like. It's money, but we had enough that we could <laughs> something, and we just didn't. I understand if if the guys we tried to go after didn't want to sign with us that that can be like a factor to a degree, but I mean, we just we just really didn't do anything we just sat there with that money it just it it bothers me to no end even if we only got one lineman and it was somebody that was a tier above a lot of the other guys we had and then it was something we could sort of theoretically try to build around with other players i would have been i would have been happier than it, it's like it it's the equivalent of rivera not knowing that that browns game last year was like a a make or break it's the same thing. It's like you you not knowing it is kind of in the realm of like not caring and that by not trying to be aggressive in free agency, it just – it was the same for me. Like, yeah. So many actions going through my head right now.
1: But, yeah, um, like, yeah, and that's what I was trying to say is that it's more than one way to build a team. And or the, the offensive you don't have to get an offensive lineman. For example, a lot of y'all been whining about Morgan Moses and how his contract is cheaper than Andrew Wiley. That actually sucks, by the way. Like the fact that anyway, but y'all in the same breath would say draft the offensive lineman with the first round pick. Morgan Moses was the sixty-six overall pick. Like, that's the fifth pick in the um, third round, I think. So, like I was saying, you don't – we don't have to get an offensive lineman with the first pick. And that's all I wanted to say. But what I really brought up college football for was that the championship games are this weekend. And that's something I do try to pay attention to. I will most likely check out the SEC championship game between Georgia and Alabama. Um, I don't even know who's playing Michigan in the Big Ten championship. Is it Wisconsin? Seems like Wisconsin always be making it, but the Big Ten, yeah,
0: isn't it going to be Michigan and Ohio State? Not nah, they're in the same division with uh, Maryland. Um, yeah, we
1: gotta play them two every year, bro. <laughs> that sucks. Yes, it does. Oh, I can't wait for the day we beat them. It's going to happen. Michigan, but, and
0: uh, Iowa. Oh, Iowa.
1: Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's probably. Oh no, 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 that no. That is no. not. That is not it. I missed their first game this season. I'm not going to miss the second game between Oregon and Washington. And plus I would I plus I want to see Michael Penix Jr. I haven't seen any highlights of him before. I haven't seen him play or anything. And this is um, fast out, huh? Yeah, and this is definitely the best Washington quarterback since you don't remember?
0: Best Washington quarterback? Yeah. Woody Warren Moon. Did nah. You I don't even know if he played for Washington. I believe he did. Who are you thinking?
1: That Bama that got drafted by um, the Titans. Um, Jake Locker, that's his name. Oh, okay. I I was about to Google it, but I remembered. Jake Locker. Um, But anyway, yeah, that should be a game. So for those of y'all who like college football, You should have a good weekend. Um, And finally, uh, on me, I don't know if you had anything else to say. Shout out to my man, uh, my nephew, Trey. He won a championship game a couple of weeks ago. All right, Trey. Uh, Was dominant, bro. Like, I couldn't believe what I was saying. Um, He played center tackle and defensive tackle. And that man was a piece, bro. Like, I was really impressed with the way he was playing football. Unfortunately, he was as the kids say, huh? He was eating, as the kids say, oh, yeah, feasting. Um, forced fumble, fumble recovery that's two separate plays. Um, a couple of pancakes with stuff in the run like crazy. Like, like, I said, very impressed, but unfortunately um he got a little nicked up the following week in the tournament um so yeah that sucks but he's doing well um he asked me when was the next eddie and mike coming out told him we was going to try to put it out when he could so um yeah shout out out to my man trey and um yeah that's all i got for y'all this week um We'll have more next week. We'll talk about the Dolphins or whatever. But I'm I'm cooked for the night.
0: Indeed, it's been a long week, and uh, I got to be honest, I'm exhausted. But uh, Dallas twenty, Seattle twenty-one. DK Metcalf scored a touchdown just for halftime. We yeah. are in very, very early, early stages of the third quarter. 13 minutes and counting.
1: Apparently Seattle is picking on Bland. Yeah, they are. Per- personally speaking, i like to see that. Put him in this place. Like He's a rookie. <laughs> How dare you outperform Forbes in your rookie season, bro? But anyway, that's another reason I want to out here. It's like, he's doing damage in Dallas, man. Like I really want him or Chris Harris as our defensive coordinator, but I trust them to make the best decision. And that's it for real. Like I'm
0: blood. All right. Eddie and Mike. Signing out. Godspeed.